if you learn to discipline your disappointment, that means that you're not going to lose your, you know what, you're going to absolutely understand that, you know what, there are highs and lows in real estate, there's good and there's bad but that nothing has meaning until we assign it a meaning. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hi, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks. I'll be the host today. And well, it's Friday. So we're doing follow on Friday. And as you know, usually it's me and Joe talking about what we learned in the previous week's interviews. But we've got a special edition of a follow on Friday today because we have the Trevor McGregor with us today. So Trevor, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, Theo. Blessed and grateful to be on the show with you. Absolutely. So best of your listeners, you know who Trevor is. He's been in the podcast countless times. Joe's talked about him countless times, but just kind of a high level introduction before we get into his advice on today's topic. He's a master platinum high performance coach. He's done over 20,000 coaching calls. He's actually Joe's coach, which is why you know who he is since 2013. He worked with Tony Robbins for over a decade and his international clients have done over a billion dollars in deals. And he himself is a high level real estate investor. So since Trevor has not only done deals himself successfully for a long period of time, but also helped others do over a billion dollars, maybe $2 billion, who really knows, but lots and lots of deals. He obviously has experience going through the ups and downs of real estate. So I wanted to talk to him today because he's a coach. So I know he focuses a lot on mindset. So I wanted to talk to him today on some strategies that you can do right now, like today, in order to set yourself up so that you're able to successfully navigate any problem that comes up, whether it be real estate related or health related. And the analogy I wanted to use is obviously like a fire would be a perfect example of an issue, a fire at your house. And if you want to get rid of the fire, buying a sprinkler system at that moment in time is not going to stop that fire from happening. Sure, once the fire is gone, you can put a sprinkler system in place. But ideally, you put a sprinkler system in place when there is no fire so that once the fire actually comes, the sprinkler system activates, it extinguishes a fire. And obviously, there's going to be some damage, but you're able to minimize that damage. So I guess to start off, Trevor, my question to you is, what is the mindset equivalent of a sprinkler system? Well, I love the analogy, Theo. And again, thanks for having me on. I love being on the show. And it's really, really important because 
you can't literally install that sprinkler system as you're having the freak out or as you're going through the fire or the journey of whatever's upsetting you. And you're right. It can be in real estate. It could be in your personal life. It could be in your relationship. It could be in your health. It could be with your children. But for this episode, we're going to really talk about how it relates to real estate investors. And again, thank you for the warm intro because I've had a unique perspective with 20,000 people from around the planet on what allows them to navigate the freak out and what allows them to just blow through it, remembering that out of all chaos comes order. And it all goes back to really thinking about one thing that my mentor, Tony Robbins, said, that success is 80% psychology and 20% mechanics. That is 80% mindset and 20% action. So if you really think about that and we go back to mindset, what are you doing to condition the mind So that when the sprinkler system is needed, that fire starts burning, you've already got some tools in the toolbox to use to navigate what you need to navigate. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. So what are some examples of, again, the sprinkler system, things that we can put in place? And it sounds like what you're saying is that, just to kind of summarize what you just said, that basically we're trying to condition ourselves constantly so that whenever an issue happens, we just naturally, in the words of you, flow through the problem as opposed to if we've not conditioning yourself is still a form of conditioning. But if you condition yourself incorrectly, then you are going to, what you use, freak out in that situation. And at that point, who really knows what's going to happen? So what can we do to condition ourselves properly? Well, I think the first thing, and thank you for that, is to really understand that we're all in real estate and things don't always go in a straight line. Things are going to happen at your properties. Things are going to happen with your property managers. Things are going to happen with the weather. Things are going to happen with an investor that says maybe is coming into your deal with a large sum of money and with 48 hours to go, they say they just can't get access to it. So really, it all starts with understanding that if you've got a belief or you've got a value or a rule that says everything's having to be perfect all the time, you're really setting yourself up for disappointment. Because again, we really, really understand and appreciate that a challenge or a problem is the universe's way of seeing how defiantly committed you are to getting through it or over it or around it or under it. So conditioning a high performance, peak performance mindset in real estate would be no different than a pro hockey player, a pro basketball player, a pro tennis player, a golfer who knows that sometimes they're going to be putting the ball in the hoop and other times they're going to be going through a scoring drought or sometimes they're going to get tripped and fall down. But it's really getting yourself up and dusting yourself off and really remembering that you know what, even as a baby learns to walk and they're literally pulling themselves up on the coffee table and they fall and they tumble over and everything, we don't go, oh, that baby's never going to walk. We still cheerlead them. We applaud them. We get them to continue to feel it out until eventually they start walking again. Well, that's the same thing in real estate. If you ever fall down, you've got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and really understand that there's only three things that you need to really remember. And the first thing is that, you know what, failure is nothing more than really understanding that there really is no failure. There's only feedback. And it's an old quote from Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich book that there is no failure. There's only feedback. And that as real estate investors, we're going to be getting a lot of feedback each and every day. So number one, remember, there is no failure. There's only feedback. Number two is to really understand that we all go into what we call an emotional home when stuff goes upside down. You know, those people that always seem to get angry and always stay angry. Well, that's their emotional home. Some people do sadness. They get sad. Some people beat themselves up. 
So I invite the listeners to really ask themselves, what's the dominant emotion you fall into? Or what's the emotional home you camp out in anytime things go upside down? And it's not that that emotion is good or bad, right or wrong, but you absolutely have to ask yourself, is staying in this emotion going to help me or hinder me? That means if you camp out there for two, three, four, five hours, you're probably cheating yourself out of getting up, getting back on the horse and continuing to ride. So I really ask you to really identify your emotional home and then have the awareness. It's almost like you're the observer looking at yourself going, wow, I'm aware that I'm pissed off right now. I'm aware that I'm angry. I'm aware that I just lost some money or I'm aware that my occupancy isn't as high as it needs to be. But guys, that's an invitation to go back to what do I really, really, really want to do and where do I need to go from here? Does that make sense, Theo? Yeah, so you said number one was there's no failure, only feedback. Number two was the emotional home. And then what was the third one? We haven't got to it yet. It's really that that emotional (laughs) home is just really being aware that we're human beings and that emotions are there to serve you right? But for you to stay in a negative emotional home for far too long would be like sitting in your own manure. You can get out and move beyond that if you choose to. And the third thing is really all about really going to what we call the three S words. And Theo, you've heard of these before. Joe's talked about them before. It's where you check in with your state, you check in with your story, and then you check in with your strategy. So let's take a look at all three of those. Because guys, your state is really your focus. And we often say where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're focused on the problem, you're going to absolutely stay in that problem. If you're focused on a negative emotion and being angry, well, you're going to get more of that angry emotion. But if you change your focus to the polar opposite and ask, what is my outcome and what emotion is going to serve me? And sometimes that emotion or that word we're looking for could be determination. Sometimes it could be resilience. Sometimes it could be where maybe you've had an experience before, but the minute that you start focusing on the solution, all of that negative emotion starts to dissipate and go away. So the first word is the state management you're in, and you've got to really make sure your focus is on what you want instead of what you don't want. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I know, for example, that my emotional home is I get angry, right? Something bad happens. I just start, I'm just, I take it on other people. I'm, irritable, you know, things like that. But obviously I know rationally that that's not going to help me. Correct. So so how do I actually change my state in that time? So I'm angry. I realize that I'm angry. Is it something that the realization stops me being angry or is it just practice? What exactly would I need to do to to make sure that I'm not taking out my real estate issues, my kids or my wife or something? That's it. Well, I love the question. And it's really all about this. When you talk about state manage, it's learning to discipline your disappointment. I want your listeners to write that down because if you learn to discipline your disappointment, that means that you're not going to lose your, you know what, you're going to absolutely understand that, you know what, there are highs and lows in real estate, there's good and there's bad, but that nothing has meaning until we assign it a meaning. Maybe you needed to learn a lesson. Maybe you needed to have a smaller hiccup now to prevent a bigger hiccup the next time you buy a 200 unit building. So that's why we always go back to really disciplining your disappointment is to really not beat yourself up for it, not to blame or shame or to justify, but to get real with it and not really dwell on the negative, but say, even though this has happened, and even though I may not be happy with what has happened, where do I need to put my intention to move beyond it? That's the first thing. Otherwise, 
the wife is going to get it or the husband's going to get it, the kids, the dog, the business partner, and that's just not fair. So that's the first S word. From there, Theo, we go to the second one, and this is the big one. This is the one that I really like to talk about with my clients or if I'm standing on stages around the world, and that is your story. And your story is really your identity. It's who you are in the moment that that stuff starts happening because most average people become a victim in that moment. And if you live in a victim story or a victim identity or a victim modality, you're going to make choices from that place. Instead, I invite you to get out of being a victim and into what we call being a victor or victorious because we've all had times before where we've had mistakes, but we've moved beyond them because you're never really defined by the mistake. And it's not even you that should be feeling bad about the mistake. The mistake is a mistake, but you shouldn't get into the habit of blaming, shaming, and justifying yourself all the time. So really the identity piece, the story piece is to really remember that there are other people, even Joe Fairless himself has had to get out of a victim mentality and step into a victor and give himself a powerful name like Joe the Warrior or but something that really makes you feel like you're not in the victim modality, but in the victor mentality to start climbing up the mountain again. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, but before you go to the next one, I just thought of something because the victor or the victim thing, I think is a perfect example. So I'm a victim right now and my goal would be to always be a victor or is the goal to be a victor more than I'm being a victim or is the goal just to be a victor more than I'm being a victor now? It doesn't mean that you can't be a victim. Again, my intention and my question is how long are you willing to camp out in victimhood? Right. Most people, when they're just starting out in real estate, get really upset when stuff doesn't go their way. Mm -hmm. And they literally will sit in victimhood for two, three, four hours, or even a whole day or even a whole week. Well, again, that doesn't support anything in terms of us building our empire or buying the next property or hiring the new property manager, whatever. So the invitation is to go back to a time in your life where you stepped out of being a victim and back into being a victor. Maybe you broke up with your significant other and you felt really bad at the time, but you knew that you were still a great person to go out there and meet new people. You adopted that new story, that new identity, and you found the love of your life, right? Maybe you were in a job that wasn't serving you and you were a victim to it, but you knew that staying in a victim mentality isn't going to help that job. So you literally say, who do I need to be and how do I need to show up to climb out of this and step into the highest and best version of me? And we've all done it before. We've all done something called crossing the river before. And that river might be flowing fast. It might be deep. But again, if you stay on the side of the river you don't want to be on, you're really cheating yourself from getting to the other side. And that's why I always say that your state, which is your focus, and your story that is your identity are things that you're always going to need to call upon to move beyond the problem. Does that resonate? Yeah. Would you say, for example, the people who think the world are going to end like tomorrow will have their little pack. Once crap hits the fan, they grab their little pack and everything that they need to survive the situation is in that pack and they leave. So this question is about how to remember all these things. So would you recommend that I have some sort of anti-freakout pack so that when something bad happens, I can open up this little booklet and it says, okay, here's the exercise I need to do. Story, state, strategy. Okay, I need to figure out what my emotional home is. I need to remember that feedback is only failure. I guess my question is, because you deal with stuff all the time. Yep. How does someone that's hearing this for the first time and then they go through a problem tomorrow, 
what would you recommend that specifically that they do so that when the time comes, they remember all these things. Yep. You don't instantaneously go back to their old behaviors. Yeah. I think that there's a, a few different things I'll speak to for that. First of all, state story strategy. They all start with the letter S. You should write it on a post-it note, stick it in your office or stick it in your car or put it up where you can see it. Because at the end of the day, those three little words are going to make a huge difference in how you show up. So that's number one. Number two is go back to really understand that we're all programmed to have ANTS, A-N-T-S. And that stands for automatic negative thoughts. But that's what most average people do. I mean, the human brain has roughly 60,000 thoughts a day, Theo. And did you know that roughly 75% of those thoughts are negative? And that's conscious thoughts, that's subconscious thoughts. So you got to really understand that when these ants come up, those ants are an invitation for you to then draw upon the three S words, state, story, strategy, which is focus, identity, and then doing something. The third S is the strategy where you do something that helps you again, get out of the situation and take action towards the resolution. And if you think about it again and think and grow rich, Napoleon Hill has another great quote where he says this, Theo, that every adversity brings with it the seed of opportunity. I'll say that again. Every adversity brings with it the seed of opportunity. What does that mean? Well, it means that anytime something bad happens to us, let's say in real estate, there might just be a silver lining around the dark cloud. That is, It might be something that you needed to give your time, your energy, or your attention to, to fix it before it manifested into an even bigger problem. That's why oftentimes I've conditioned my mind and my clients' minds to get curious and say, you know what, what am I meant to learn from this adversity? And is it true that maybe I could make even something better out of this? It's like that old dark rain cloud. If you guys are outside and you're having a picnic with your family, and there's dark clouds and it's raining, I guarantee that the sun is behind those clouds. And if you look at the edges of those clouds, there is a silver lining. And at some point, the rain will stop, the sun will come out, and you're going to have an amazing picnic, but only if you own your state, your story, and your strategy. Does that resonate? Yeah, that makes sense. So to specifically answer the question, it's more along the lines of state story strategy, have your have that on a post-it note, basically. If you want to remember these things, have them on post-it notes. Like I've got post-it notes, I like to do things, but you need to be constantly reminded of these things when you're first starting out because as these ants come up, since you're used to not having any sort of defense mechanism against these ants, you're just going to do whatever you've typically been doing. But obviously someone just hearing for the first time, they're not going to be able to be Trevor McGregor style state story strategy, all right, I'm out of my victimhood status in you know, 10 seconds or whatever, but I'm assuming the goal would be ultimately to get better and better and better at this practice, practice, practice. It really so is. That, yeah. It's really a conscious conditioning right now where you've got to say, now, what did Coach Trevor say to do? All right. He said to really discipline my disappointment, understand that this too shall pass, and then really step into those three S words of checking in with my focus, my identity, and what I'm going to do to resolve it. State story strategy. The other thing that I often remind people too is even the world's best, even people like Elon Musk face challenges or somebody like Steve Jobs. So you can do something called character trait integration, which is a pretty cool exercise that you can think about where maybe you choose one of those guys or you choose a role model where you know that they've faced adversity, but they found a way to absolutely be committed to move through it. They're decisive, they're coachable, they're resourceful. And Theo, you know this old adage that if you spot it, you've got it. 
That means what's inside Elon Musk for determination or what's inside of Steve Jobs for just finding a way is also inside of you. It's also inside of me. It's also inside of Joe. And so we can borrow these character traits from people that have gone before us. And it really goes to that old thing by Henry Ford that if you think you can, you can. And if you think you can't, you can't. It's that simple. It all starts with the way you think. And the way you think is going to absolutely condition the way you behave. And as you do this more and more and more every day, every week, every month, every year, that state story strategy will anchor itself into your autonomic nervous system where you won't even have to think about it. You're just going to go, okay, this is not to my liking. I'm not going to lose my shit. I'm going to absolutely get crystal clear on what I need to focus on, what I need to show up as, and then I need to step into something that moves me beyond this. And it's like water off a duck's back. Does that resonate? Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to make one comment before we close out. Let's start with the question. Were you the one that taught me about the mental board in your head? Was that you? It was. Okay, because I really like that concept. I actually saw it in a movie once. But basically, the best of the concept is, because you were kind of hinting at that a little bit, you take people that have traits, characteristics that you want, people that you admire, or people whose lives you want to live, whatever reason why you pick these people, you basically pick people, and then you learn about them as much as you can. And then you literally act as if you have on your like board members, for example. So let's say my board members, I'll see the name that you use, Elon Musk, Napoleon Hill, and then Steve Jobs. Let's say those are like three guys on my board. So whenever there's an issue, you literally ask your board what you should do. Based off of your understanding of Steve Jobs, maybe write his biography or something, you know exactly how he solved problems. Maybe you have listened to an interview with Elon Musk, so you know how he solves problems. Maybe you've read all of Napoleon Hill's books, you know how he solves problems. So you literally ask each of them in your mind, what should I do in this situation? And if you know them enough, and if you're creative enough, you can literally get a response from those people in your mind. I really thought that was a really good strategy. And I want to just mention that right now. That's another tip that you could do as well, is that once one of these issues happen, going back to my analogy in the beginning, your sprinkler system could be this mental boardroom of people that when things go wrong, you lock yourself in your office And depending on the way that you do it, you can think about it, you can write it, you can talk it out loud, whatever you need to do. You could reply as Steve Jobs or whatever. Obviously, it would take practice, but the whole idea is that, as you mentioned, people have gone through issues before and overcame them. So you can as well. And you can leverage these people who have overcome these major issues to help you overcome what's most likely objectively a lot smaller than something that you know, Elon Musk is trying to get, you know, has a problem with the spaceship blowing up in space, right? right? So it's on my die. Whereas for you, it's like, oh, my toilet's clogged. What am I going to do? Well, I love that analogy, Theo, and it's absolutely true. And it could be Elon. It could be Richard Branson. Oprah Winfrey has faced adversity. There's a ton of people out there. And again, it begs the question, are you going to take extreme ownership over the issue? Are you going to be defiantly committed to resolving the issue, Right. And I said it before that you really, really want to make this part of the law of familiarity to you, that we're always going to have challenges. We're always going to have problems. We're always going to have negative experiences. But I really, really, really do believe that when you become familiar with the law of familiarity and the law of polarity, one of my other favorite laws that you can absolutely know that just like Steve Jobs, Oprah Winfrey, Elon Musk, they have always found a way to move through it. So can you. And I'll just share that before we wrap up, that the law of polarity decrees, that means that it means that you can't have one thing without the polar opposite being available. In fact, I'll give you some examples to make this easy to understand. You can't have day without night. You can't have black without white. 
You can't have masculine energy without feminine energy. And you can't have the North Pole without the South Pole. So what's that got to do with anything, Trevor? Well, the same thing that you can't have failure without success. And to condition the mind and to condition the neural networks of the brain, which weighs three pounds, it sits between your two ears. It's a bunch of electrical and chemical charges. That's all that's going on up there is to really bring the law of polarity to the three big universal fears that most people have. So the three universal fears that most people have is if I try, I could fail. That's number one. Number two is people might not like me or they might criticize me negatively. Or number three, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of buying a 200 unit apartment. I'm not worthy of buying a 12 plex. It's that self-worth, self-wealth and self-esteem issue. Well, if we live in those three areas, that's not going to help us build a real estate empire. So what I invite the listener to do is to apply the law of polarity to those three things. And here's how it sounds, Theo, that if I try, I could fail. And we go 180 degrees the other way, it becomes, well, if I try, I could be wildly successful with this real estate purchase, or I could be wildly successful in getting this investor to invest. That's the law of possibility. Let's go to number two. If the thought is people might not like me or they might criticize me or they might call me crazy for getting into real estate, well, what if the polar opposite existed? That people love what you're doing. They're inspired by what you're doing. Hell, they'll even invest in your next deal because of you absolutely showing them the path to freedom. That's pretty cool. And then the third one, I'm not worthy as a bunch of BS. Because if you go to the polarity on that, I'm telling you guys, abundance is your birthright. You have just as much opportunity to go out there and use the greatest wealth vehicle on the planet, which I believe is real estate, just like Joe Fairless has, to go out there and create a ton of impact for the tenants, the communities, the landscapers, the engineers, the roofers, the plumbers, the electricians, everybody. And as you make that impact, you make a ton of income. So I'm a big believer in the law of polarity that if you ever have that freak out moment where you feel like you might fail you feel like you're going to be criticized, do you feel like you're not worth it? Apply the law of polarity to it, guys. And I'm telling you, there's nothing that you can't do on this planet. I think that's a good statement to end with. I'm not even going to attempt to summarize summarize what we talked about because we went over so many. So best of your listeners, you're just going to have to listen to this episode again and again and again. Because like you said, it's all about conditioning. So if you want to absorb these concepts, you need to hear them, think about them, write about them and, and things like that. So Trevor, again, it was, it was great catching up with you. It was great seeing you again. I know that every single person listening to this took something away from this that they hadn't heard before. I know I did. My main thing I took was the ANTS. I had not heard the acronym before. And you were my coach for a while, and I, I never heard that one. So it's always good to hear something new. Again, best of listeners, make sure you listen to this podcast again. Trevor, before I close it out, where can the best of listeners contact you, learn more about you? Uh, what's kind of the, the main place you want to send people? Well, once again, thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate what you and Joe are doing. You guys are crushing it and best wishes for continued success. For anyone who wants to reach out to me, there's two places you can do it. You can find me at my website, www.trevormcgregor.com. That's T-R-E-V-O-R-M-C-G-R-E-G-O-R.com. Or the easiest way, Theo, is for people to head on over to coachwithtrevor.com. That's coachwithtrevor.com. You can enter in your details and if you want to have a 45-minute complimentary session with me to talk more about how to condition your mindset for success, I'd make that available to the best ever listeners. All right. Well, best ever listeners, you better take advantage of that. 
Trevor better be calling me up and saying, Theo, I don't know what I did. I can't do this. There's so many people. It's <laughs> not a time of the day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, best of listeners. Thanks for tuning in, Trevor. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a best of your day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single-family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.